0: Good evening, church. Good evening. You awake? Good evening, Good evening church. Good evening. Super Bowl Sunday, y'all are in church. Kudos, you get some extra coins in heaven. I promise you that much. Trust me, if the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, then I'm not a Bears fan. Just letting you know, if the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, we may not be here. Just giving full disclosure. Kidding. Church is important. And this is our church here at Oasis Church. We have services at night, and so when the world may say, "Hey, you know what? Something big is going on. Something major is going on," we say, "You know what? Church is what's important. Getting together as the body of Christ is what's important." So people are like, "You're going to cancel?" I was like, "No. I'll show up if there's one. We'll do all this if there's one person, because we believe that somebody in the room tonight came to hear a word from heaven. Somebody may. Hopefully, my prayer is all of you came expecting, ready to go, and not just enduring." church, right? I don't want anybody to ever say, I'm just enduring church. Like, I just don't want to just hear that ever from anybody. That, like, hurts. Not me as a pastor. It just hurts me for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, say, man, I just gotta go to church. I just gotta show up. Man, I want, you know what I want to hear? You know what would be awesome to heaven's ears? is if you said, I get to go to church. I'm enjoying church. I'm showing up to church tonight. Ready to receive. Because you know what? I say it, and you guys know me. If you come a bunch, I say it. This church will not save you, but the one that we speak about, the one that we sing to, the one that we believe in will. And when you show up expecting, when you show up in faith saying, you know what, there's something major going on, but I want to be in God's house, I want to be planted. There's a verse that I live by, and it's in Psalms, and it says, Those that remain planted in the house of God will flourish. When I got saved, I grew up as a pastor's kid, right? Don't mean I was holy, don't mean I was good promise you up until I was a senior in college and when I came to know the Lord and I said you know what you can have control I surrender all I surrender all I read that verse that was like week three of knowing Jesus I remember it to this day and I said you know what Lord I may not have it all together I may not be perfect I may not be right all the time I may slip up mess up but you know what I'm going to stay planted in your house I'm going to show up week in and week out I'm not going to let distractions, I'm not going to let scheduling all get in the way. Now, it's okay if you take vacations, right? We're going to take some vacations at this time at church. We need some vacations sometimes. But you know what? I just want you to be encouraged that those that remain planted, those that remain in the Word, those that remain part of church, you will flourish. I promise. So I want to speak that over you tonight. You're here, and it's going to be awesome. Amen? Amen. tonight, the Wonder Series, this message is entitled, Get Up the wonders. Get up. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of John. If you don't have a Bible you need a Bible, we have Bibles on the table, the info bar. Take one with you. They're free. If you're wondering, like, what are these here for? They're for you. If you need a Bible, just grab one, okay? But if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, open up to the book of John chapter 5, and I'm going to read this verse tonight. It's a powerful story. I love this story. Let me give you a quick background of where we've been going here at the church We've been going through the book of John, and we've been showing and discovering the wonders of Jesus. Jesus is on earth. He's moving. He's making stuff happen. He's performing miracles, signs, and wonders. And we've been going through each of those seven that John talks about here. This is number three. And this one's powerful. All of them are powerful, right? But this one speaks to me. This one really gets me. And let me just say this. It's not the miracle that I stand in awe. Right the miracles are powerful in, in scripture. I'm going to read scripture. Hold on, just hold on with me. But it's what happens around the miracles. See, we think that we need signs and wonders. We think that we need to say, "God, you got to show me something before I can trust you, before I can believe in you." And I'm telling you right now, as I've gone through these, my faith has been stirred up to say, "You know what? Jesus, I don't need any more signs." I don't need any more wonders. I don't need any more miracles to happen. I just need you, Jesus. I just need you. I just desire you. And with that comes all the rest. And so this man that we're going to hear tonight, I believe he's going to share his story as someone's stories in the room tonight. And so as we dive in, I'm actually going to read it from the message version. So if you have your Bibles, sorry, it's going to be on the screen. But if you have your phones, just switch it to the message version on your phone. I don't normally preach out of this. It's paraphrase. but it's awesome how it shares this. You Ready? Say, you ready? It says this. Soon after, soon a- another feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem. Near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool in the Hebrew called Bethesda with five alcoves, hundreds of sick people, blind, crippled, paralyzed, were in all these alcoves. One man had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him stretched out by the pool and knew how long he had been there, he said, Do you want to get well? The sick man said, Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Let me pause for a second. Because some scriptures have taken this out, left it in. So this is a crazy passage, right? Because let me say what happens here. (laughs) Follow me. There's a point in time around this pool that an angel would come down from heaven this has been documented, the pool is found, it's a real pool, all this has happened. But an angel would touch the water, and whoever jumped in the pool first was healed. It's crazy, but it's true, okay, just believe it in faith tonight. I know I don't have all the explanations, all the theological conversations to go into this right now, but that's what he's talking about. He said, Jesus, I can't get in the pool fast enough. <laughs> so I'm not laughing at him, I just would be like, man, he, well, imagine if he just like, got to the edge, and it's about to happen, and someone else just jumps in before him. I feel really bad for that dude. I feel really, really bad. My heart would break. But that's what he's talking about. Are you with me? Jesus said, Get up. Get up. Take your bedroll. Start walking. The man was healed on the spot. He picked up his bedroll and walked off. That day happened to be the Sabbath. The Jews stopped the healed man and said, It's the Sabbath. You can't carry your bedroll around, it's against the rules. But he told them, the man who made me well told me to. He said, take your bedroll and start walking. They asked, who gave you the order to take it up and start walking? But the healed man didn't know, healed man didn't know that, uh, the man didn't know, sorry, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. A little later, Jesus found him in the temple and said, you look wonderful, you're well. Don't return to a sinning life or something worse might happen. The man went back and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. That is why the Jews were out to get Jesus, because he did this kind of thing on the Sabbath. But Jesus defended himself. My father is working straight through, even on the Sabbath. So so am I. So point blank. That really set them off. The Jews were now out only to expose him. They were out to kill him. Nobody, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, putting himself on a level with God. Get up. Get up. Take your mat. Start walking. Jesus, this is your word. I pray tonight, Father, that you speak through me. Holy Spirit, just open up hearts, open up ears to receive. Pray this falls on good soil. Holy Spirit, have your way. Your word is anointed. Your word is powerful. Your word is blessed. So, Father, speak tonight. Have your way. We love you. We bless you. We ask all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's an amazing story, Get Up, the Wonder Series, Get Up. (laughs) I was 14 years old. My brother was 16, 17 years old. And we were outside, front of the house, afternoon, sunny day, really nice. And we were riding our bikes up and down the street. We lived on a dead end, so we could zip up and down as fast as we could. We didn't have to worry about traffic or getting hit, none of that. And so we were out there just going as fast as we can, kind of racing almost up and down the street. And I remember this so vividly, this will sit in my head and heart for a long, long time. We're going down the street. I'm looking at him pedaling as fast as I can, and all of a sudden, he's not there anymore. Like, he just disappeared. And I look over, I look back, and he's wiped out. Like, wiped out. Gravel road, like, pay, like just done, right? And so I was like, oh man, I gotta, gotta go help my brother. He's hurt. He's now screaming, crying, flipping out. So pause here for a second. My brother is one of my best of friends. He's my older brother. He's not here tonight. If he was here, he would shake his head at this. My brother cried wolf a lot, right? When he was hurt, he would cry wolf. He would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm broken in half. And he'd be like, dude, you have a splinter. Like, you're good. You're good. He's like, no, his pain tolerance just isn't that high, right? So I wheel up to him like, hey, bro, you good? And he's screaming. Like, like I never heard this kind of yelling coming from him before. So I was like, well, that's new. That's a little different. The tone of that is a little bit different. But I was like, dude, come on. We, come on, dude, brush it off. Me being a loving brother, I was like, get up. Just brush it off. Shake it off. Come on, rub a little dirt on it. We'll be good to go. I want to beat you. Like, I want to race you some more and beat you. That was my mentality. I was terrible. I was like, Steven, get up. And he's like screaming, like, I can't get up. <laughs> now, and I was like, well, maybe the bike is catching him. So I lift the bike up, and I'm like, come on, bro, get up. And he's like, dude, I'm going to hit you if you try to get me up. I can't get up. I can't get up. And I was like, all right, got to go tell mom and dad. That's the worst thing in the world. So I'm like walking back home. Steve's laying in the middle of the street. (laughs) I'm like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get mom and dad. Go get him, Mom, dad, Steven's hurt. They're like, again, what's wrong with him? Is he seriously hurt? Like, what really happened? I was like, no, this one I think is a little bit different. And so we get there, we arrive, they say, hey, Steve, you got to get up. He's like, I cannot get up. He's screaming. So my dad grabs him, picks him up, takes him home, puts him in, his, in the living room, puts him on the couch, and is like putting ice on his leg, doing all these things. And Steve's like screaming still. So don't fault my parents for this. But they stayed the whole night like that, him screaming, because he'd be like, I'm in so much pain. And then he'd be like, okay, I'm fine. And then would be like, oh, my goodness, I'm in so much pain. So I was like in bed sleeping like hearing him yell all night and I'm like dude seriously like you just fell off your bike my mom felt so desperate and so like oh my goodness I'm a par- terrible parent that she woke up that morning and was like to her, to my dad Steve I'm taking him to the hospital he's like oh, fine if he's going to yell like this all day long our family r- tough love right he's like if she if he's going to keep screaming like this we're going to take him to the hospital my mom comes back from the hospital with him like 4 hours later and to God is my witness. My brother is in a full-on cast from his ankle, what seemed to be like all the way up to his stomach. And he's like getting out of the car, and I'm like, dude, you're actually like hurt. Like what happened to you? He broke, what's the biggest bone in your leg? Femur. Snapped it. (laughs) What? That like hurts. Bad. But, dude, we were like, Steve, you've cried wolf for so long. Like just get up, walk. And he's like, he truly couldn't, like could not get up and walk. It's a really bad story, right? He he needed a lot of counseling through that. We all did. We got him on the table and talked about it. He forgave us. But you know what I think about when I hear that, get up, when I said that to him? I think there's a lot of people in this room, myself included, that at times I'm just trying to get up on my own. That at times I'm just down and out. I'm doing things, things I shouldn't be doing. I put myself in situations and places that I shouldn't be. I've said things. I'm living in pain, some sorrow, some unforgiveness, some bitterness. And I think, you know what, I can just get out of this. I can just get up. I can just get up myself and keep walking. But a lot of us in this room got some broken legs tonight. We got some broken legs that we're trying to do some stuff on our own. We're trying to get up off our bed, off our mats, and we're trying to make it happen on our own. Our own power, our own strength, our own merit. And I just think that tonight, I think God's showing up here tonight to say to somebody, you can't get up on your own. You can't get up off your bed. You can't get up out of that trial. You can't get up out of that pain. You can't get up out of that guilt, that shame. Whatever you've done, you can't get up on your own. I'm here. I'm here. See, this story is amazing to me. This story is powerful. Because, see, Jesus is walking back now. He's walking back to Jerusalem. He went home. He did his miracles. He healed the, the, the official son. He turned water into wine. Now he's, now he's on the move again. And so he shows up to this pool, this pool called Bethesda. See, this pool in that time and still to date, we say it's, it's the pool of mercy. Mercy. You know, mercy is, 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 is something that we, we definitely, it's not getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. But you know what struck me in that story? This is just a little background knowledge. There was five little alcoves, little rooms per se. The number five in scripture is grace. So this pool is not only mercy, but it's grace, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. So there's something powerful there. I don't have time to go into that. But Jesus shows up to this pool. What amazes me, Jesus didn't walk straight to the party or to wherever he was going to the temple. He showed up to where the sick people were. You think Jesus doesn't care about what you're going through? You think Jesus doesn't know what you're dealing with? He shows up to you. So he shows up to all the hundreds of sick people around this pool because, like I said, it's a little weird. I'm a pastor. I'm saying it. The pool starts swirling, and the first one to belly flop in is getting healed. Crazy. But it's real. It's powerful faith to believe it. So Jesus shows up to the pool that he knows people are getting healed at. He knows people are there, have the ability to get up, get in the pool if they can make it there. But Jesus says, I'm going to that pool. I'm going to that man. He walked to that man. Last week, we talked about the official son, right? The healing, if you were here. And what was that? That man showed up to Jesus in desperate need. That man showed up to the Father in desperate need. But Jesus sometimes, you know what he has to do? He's got to show up to us. Why? Because we can't do it on our own. We can't get up on our own. And he knows that because he's a good father. Any good father will know when their son or daughter is being hurt, in pain, and they need to go over and pick them. I'm not a parent yet. I'm not a parent, but I just believe, I hope and pray that I'll be a father that if my son or daughter's in some pain, I'm going to be the first one over there helping them get up. That's who Jesus is. He's a father that's stronger, greater, more powerful than any earthly father. And so he shows up to this man. He shows up to this pool. You know what I love? This is what, this is what I want you to catch. Tonight I just want to teach. Is that all right? I just want to teach. If you're here in this room and you skipped Super Bowl, like truly, you truly showed up for something. Truly did. If you don't hear anything else, this is what I want you to hear. When we choose to remain down in our pain, the heart of Jesus remains determined to call us out of it. So this man's in pain. 38 years, 38 years, he's sitting in pain. Like, that's a long time. It's not like three years, 38 years, he's in pain. And Jesus is determined to show up to him. Determined to show up to him and call him out of it. You can say amen, you can thank Jesus that you know what, he's determined to call you out of the stuff that you're in. His heart for you is determined to call you out. You may think, well, he hasn't called me out yet. Trust me, he's speaking to you right now. He's still going to come at you. He's still going to fight for you. He's still going to be coming towards you. Saying, you know what? I'm determined to get my sons and daughters back to me. That's the heart of Jesus. The heart of God is he needs glory, but the heart of God, if you cut it open, I truly believe this. If you cut God's heart open, if he had a heart, I don't know if he does. I have no idea. Probably not. Just saying. But if you cut God's heart open, guess what happened? People would just flow out. No, I believe that. People's faces, individuals, families, all over the world would just be pouring out of his heart. Because he cares about his people so much. Is this helping you? Is this encouraging you? When you're determined to just sit, when you're determined to just sit in your sorrow and sit in your pain, sit in your sin... When I'm determined just to sit in my sin, I sin. Newsflash. Pastor, sins. Do I like it? No. Do I want to continue? No. But thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. doesn't cheapen it. It doesn't make an excuse for me. But you know what? When I'm sitting in that sin, when I'm sitting in that pain, he's determined. He's determined to come at me. He's determined to get at me. And thank God for that. This man was an invalid for 38 years. He sat in his bondage for 38 years. We got people saved and unsaved. You may love Jesus. You may be saved. You may confess, to your but you're living in some bondage. We don't talk about, this is, this is, it's going to be encouraging. I promise everyone's like, man, it's okay. It's a small group tonight. We're good. But well, maybe just someone needs to hear that. You've been living in some bondage. You've been living in some addictions, some things that nobody knows about, behind that closed door, when you're alone. Maybe somebody said something to you a long time ago, and you've kept that root in you, and that's who you think you are. 38 years. 38 years. And Jesus shows up to the scene and speaks a word, and it's gone. You can say amen. 38 years living in it. Walk, not walking, sitting in it. He wasn't walking, he was an invalid. (laughs) Sitting in it. 30, I'm going to hit this point all night. 38 years. And Jesus shows up and speaks a word to him. Says, yo, my son, get up. I'm here. I love you. I created you. I made you. Get up. It's time to go. It's time to leave that. Leave it we got to walk. we got some things in store for you. i got some plans in store for you that no man can break. i got some promises for you that you need to know. i got some words to speak over your mind, to speak over your heart, to triumph over those words that you've let people speak over you. If you've let some words sit in your heart, I'm telling you, tonight there's going to be a release. You know what destroys people the most? Their minds. This isn't in my notes. Our minds beat us all the time. of the time, you're getting beat up, you want to know it? Your mind. Our mind plays tricks on us. Our mind plays some crazy games on us. But more importantly, when stuff is said to us, our mind starts to twist it. Oh, yeah, even me. People say stuff to me, I'm like, man, I'm offended. Let me just say this. Offense is a choice. Oh. No, that's biblical. And that changed my life. I'm just telling this, and we're going to jump back in this, I promise. The wonders, get up. Side sermon. <laughs> Offense is a choice. Offense is a choice. You can choose to be offended, or you can choose to say those words have no place in my life. What was done to me, what happened to me, I'm not saying it wasn't a bad thing, catch me. But what happened to me, what occurred to me, what was said over me, has no place in my future in my life. I'm a new creation. My mind is renewed every single day. You could say amen. You can praise God for that, that every single day he makes a brand new heart and brand new mind in you. So what was said to you, what was done to you, what happened to you, you could say thanks and keep walking. Back to the message. Three things. Three things tonight that I took away from this scripture that I always try to take away from scripture so that you can walk out of here. And you can be encouraged. You can remember this stuff throughout the week. You can know that God's word speaks, speaks, speaks. But listen, even though I'm telling you this, I'm preaching this to you, I'm sharing these three points, let me just encourage you to do one more thing. Read the story yourself. Read the story yourself. I've read this story, I don't even know how many times this week, preparing. And every time I read it, I get a new revelation. Something else jumps out to me. I don't have all the time in the world to tell you all those things. So in your own life, get in the word. Just start. Don't read the whole book. Don't be like, i gotta sit here and read the whole book. You'll get lost. Just read a little bit. Read these stories. Read these, read these encounters with the one true God. First thing is this that I take away. Your situation doesn't dictate the supernatural. Oh, that's good. I'll preach to myself. No, I need that. I promise you, I need that. Your situation doesn't dictate the supernatural. Listen, we're all in the world. We're all doing a thing called life together. So life is going to happen. Things, good, bad, they're going to happen. Why does God allow good things? It's called life. It's called life. It's called what we're living in. Sin is a part of this world. Sin came in at the very beginning of time and disrupted the plan that God had for everybody. So now we're living in life, good or bad. And you know what happens often? When the natural stuff starts to happen, when the stuff that surrounds us starts to happen, we forget that he's supernatural and he's all-powerful. We forget it. See, Jesus, in the first couple verses, in the six verses, he, he wants us to realize the conditions within us. See, Jesus shows up to this guy, right, and he doesn't say, hey, man, what What's wrong with you? So, can you walk? Can you crawl? Like I don't I you know, I don't really know what's happening with you. See, Jesus doesn't do that. See, Jesus shows up knowing what's wrong with that guy. Knowing what's happening with that guy, knowing what that guy's going through, exactly what he's going through, and all he says to him is, "Get up." Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Supernatural in this is Jesus saying to us in this room tonight, do you want to be made whole? It's a question. Jesus asked this guy a question. That, that's, 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 wow. You showed this guy sick for 38 years. Jesus, you know he's sick for 38 years. And the first thing you say is, do you want to get well? Why? Because he wants us to recognize, I got something wrong in me. I'm doing something wrong. I need a savior. Jesus is saying to some people tonight, do you want to be made well? The supernatural power of Jesus is asking a question tonight, saying, do you want to be made well? Jesus knew his infirmary, but he just simply said, do you want to be made well? He didn't say, give me the list of everything that's going on with you. Give me all the list of everything that's happened to you. Give me the things that you've walked through life with, Please tell me because I need to know. No, he says, hey, yo, bro, you want to be made well? Do you want this? Because at the sound of my voice, it's going to happen. Do you want this? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want it? Do we want, do I want to be made whole? It's a question tonight. It's a question that I I truly, I didn't write that and say, here's all the other things I'm going to say. I wrote it, question mark, put it, and I just said, say it. Because the question really begs, do I want to be made whole? Every single day, do I want to wake up and be made whole by the Father? Every single day. Not a one-time thing when I said, Lord, I receive you. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. My heart, I receive you. Yep, I'm in your family now. No, every single day, do I want to be made whole? Do I trust my Father in heaven wants to make me whole? That when I wake up every day, when I put my feet on the ground, I'm a brand new whole being. Do you want to be made whole? I hope so. But see, we got some things in our lives that are distracting us. If I just make a little bit more money, if I just marry this person, if I just get in this relationship, if I just make this move or that move, if I just go over here, If I can get a little bit more sleep, (laughs) I'll be made super whole. I'll be like, Superman, just a couple more hours of that snooze button. Man, if I just get a part of this group, that cool group over there, the one that everyone's talking about, everyone wants to be with, if I can just get in that group, it's false mercy. It's false grace. His grace literally says, do you want to be made well? Yes or no? Do you want to be made well? Because I got all the power. Not me. I'm speaking as if I, I, Jesus, He's got all the power. One word, one voice, bam, whole. That's good news. We got a Father in heaven that loves us so much that day in and day out we can go to Him and say, I want to be made whole. I want to be made complete. I want your love that's never ending, never failing. I want your mercies that are new every single day. I want your grace that is alive today to invade my space. I surrender all. See, it starts with surrender, though. See, we can sing that all day. I can stand up. You saw. I can lift my hands. I can shout it out. I surrender all. But guess what? Do I really mean it? Because, see, it starts with surrender to get whole. So, yes, (laughs) tonight as I stand there desperate for the Lord, as I stand desperate to hear, Lord, I surrender all because I want you to make my heart whole. There's some things, there's some empty holes there that I just need you to plug. Tonight, I want to be made whole. But the second thing is this. Stop the excuses. Jesus doesn't need them. The victim mentality, it's gotta go. Just read that. Stop the excuses. Jesus doesn't need them. The victim mentality, it's gotta go. Let me preface this. Something happens to you, something happened to you, something wrong, you can be a victim. But what this is talking about is you don't sit in that victim mentality. You don't stay there. See, we got a lot of people, a lot of people that choose to live in the excuses, that choose to live in the victim mentality. See, this jumped out at me. Clear as day. Is this encouraging you? Jesus shows up, said, do you want to be made whole? I hope to think 38 years at this, can't walk, can't get up. We don't know exactly what was wrong with the dude. But 38 years, Jesus shows up, and he catch this, they are hearing the buzz about who Jesus was. They heard about the miracles, they heard about the stories, they know that Jesus is walking around, I promise you. So he's there, he's like, um, okay, I need to tell you all my excuses. <laughs> see, Jesus, when, when everybody starts running towards the pool, I can't get there. See, I see the angel come down, I see him start swirling, and I'm trying, I'm, man, I'm getting there, and bam, Joe over there jumps in the pool first. To Jesus, the healer, the one that can save him. He's standing before him now, telling him all the reasons why he can't be made whole. That's me. <laughs> That's you. It's not a bad th- It's just those excuses fill us. Because it's a lot easier to say, you know what, I'm not ready to be made whole. You know why? We don't want to let go of some stuff. I don't want to let go of some stuff. See, this is a personal story, but when I came to know Jesus, you know, I grew up in the church, but I didn't always serve God, like I said, because my parents were a part of a church, and to this day, hear my heart on this. This has been let go, so I'm just sharing a story to make it hopefully, hopefully relate. I saw a lot of things as a senior or an eighth grader going into a freshman year of high school. Church, family, big church, huge church. Part of it, day in and day out, I was in the church because it was our family. And I saw some brokenness happen in the church. I saw some people just being people. If you think the church is perfect, let me just tell you, it's people running the church. People are broken. So if if you have an excuse and said church did something to me, I promise you, it's people. God has nothing to do with that. Okay? Can I just say that? Can you all nod your heads in agreement? Yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. So some stuff happened. My family's destroyed. Destroyed. I sat in the church, heard all these things being said. And I said, God, I want nothing to do with you. If this is how you are, I want nothing with you. This is nonsense. Nonsense. So you know what that happened? I made the resolve in my heart and in my mind to say, you know what, God? Thanks. Started down a path. Going into high school. Three-sport athlete, cool kid, all that great stuff, started to push God farther away. But you know what's crazy about Jesus and his spirit? I remember sitting in my room at night, and I would feel him talking to me. Do you want to be made whole? You want to cut this nonsense out? You want to cut this partying, sleeping around, doing everything? Do you want to cut it out? Do You want to stop now? Because I can make you whole. And I would say, nope, I got a bag full of excuses. I ain't coming to you. I got excuses upon excuses upon excuses that I could share with you. Of all the pain, all the hurt, all the sorrow, everything I've gone through, Jesus, you can't handle it. Poor me. Up until my senior year, I shared last week, I ran out of excuses. I ran out. Truthfully, at the end of the day, I ran out of excuses. His love just kept rat- just. I'm giving it more, giving you more, I'm giving you more. I'm coming at you, I'm coming at you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I got no excuses. I'm out, fresh out. I'll take it. My prayer for you, though, is this you don't need to go through eight years of excuses, you don't need to go through 38 years of excuses. You just need to say, You're my healer, you're my everything. I surrender all today. I got no more excuses. I'm out. The stuff that's happened to me, the stuff that I've held on to, it can go. See, sometimes we just want the sympathy of Jesus instead of the healing power of Jesus. We want Jesus to sympathize with us. See, I wanted Jesus to sympathize with us. Did it break Jesus' heart, what was going on? Yes. Yes. Did it break his heart that his church was being disrupted and broken? Yes, I promise you that broke the heart of Jesus. But did it break his heart that I was wanting his sympathy? No. He was like, why would you want my sympathy when I can heal you? Quiet tonight. Quiet. This is good news. Why do you want my sympathy? I'm healing you. I can provide for you. I can change you. I can take you to new heights and new depths. Just choose me. No more excuses. So some people tonight, we got to just let go of the excuses. we got to let them go. Throw them out. Say, you know what? Jesus, I feel you talking. I feel you speaking. This is real. i got no more excuses. I'm giving up. I'm letting go. Jesus went directly to that guy showed up face-to-face with him, and the guy said, I got some excuses, Jesus. I got some things. But Jesus heals him. Third point is this, and Jordan can come up. When Jesus heals, there's no need to go back. When Jesus heals you, there's no need to go back to that stuff. See, Jesus Is now walking, he heals the guy, and the guy is now walking around and shows up to the religious leaders of the time. The Jewish people, God's chosen people. Oh man, that's a whole nother sermon. God's chosen people. And these men are sitting there asking the guy, Yo, dude, why are you carrying your bed on Sunday, on the Sabbath? Why are you carrying it? That's against the rules, that's against religion. And the guy goes, I don't know, I, didn't, I I. have no idea. But the dude that just healed me told me to, so whatever he tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. That's powerful. <laughs> See, those were the religious guys of the time. Those guys carried a lot of power, man power, like physical powers. Look, catch this, look at here. They're the ones, those people put Jesus on the cross. And so those dudes are trying to catch that man up saying, why do you have your mat in your hand? And the guy goes, No more excuses, goes. He healed me. I don't know who it was, but he healed me. I feel whole. I'm taking my mat. Peace, bros. Say what you want religion. Say what you want hurt. Say what you want pain. Say what you want sorrow. But I'm picking up my mat and I'm walking with Jesus. See, we don't need to go back no more. (laughs) That's good English. We don't need to go back. But you know what else is amazing? I love this. I love this, I love this, I love this. Where's the dude found? Where does Jesus find that guy then? Back at the pool sitting there? Back here, didn't heal me. No, he's found in the temple. He's found in God's house, in his presence. See, he has the wherewithal to say, this dude healed me. I'm going to where he's at. I can go there. I'm in his temple. Does that not get anybody else excited? Maybe just me for this church so when people tell me I don't need church I'm like yes you do that dude had the knowledge and the wherewithal to say you know what he healed me he restored me I gotta get around some people that had the same mindset the same heart the same truths being poured into them that's amazing he didn't have excuses he ran out Jesus trumped him. He trumped him. So the dude's like, wow, I'm healed. I'm going to go where Jesus is at. I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to pick up my mat. I'm going to go. I don't need to keep going back to that. I don't need that life. See, when I was hurt in that moment as an eighth grader, Do you know how many times that I heard just keep being mad? Just keep being mad. Keep being bitter. They owe you something. They owe you something. You know what I came to the resolve as a point of committing my life to Jesus? I said, they don't owe me anything, I owe them something. So I wrote letters. (laughs) This is personal, but I feel like we're family. I had bitterness so deep. I had offense so deep. I started writing letters to these men that hurt my family. People, just being people. I said, you know what? I love you. Jesus loves you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. I've said some nasty things. I've been hurt for so long. But you know what? I love you. I don't need to go back to my mat no more. I don't need to go back to my bed no more and sit there and keep this in me. I need to walk forward. I need to get with Jesus. I need to go where he's called me to go. And you know what I said in the letter? I pray to God that you become the men that God's called you to be. I pray to God that you become the women that God's called you to be. I pray to God that you have the families that God's called you to have. Because that's what Jesus is about. He doesn't pick and choose who he wants to heal. He doesn't pick and choose who mats he's telling him to pick up. He just said, pick up our mats, let's go so I'm not making excuses no more. I'm tired of them. I'm going forward. I'm pressing in. I'm putting my feet in the ground. I'm saying no matter what, I'm going forward. You're gonna find me in God's house. You're gonna find me around his people. You're gonna find me being encouraged. You're gonna find me being an encouragement to you. That's the heart of Jesus in this. His love is so good. So amazing, so powerful that it will chase you down, tell you all the things you need to hear. And it won't even say, I need an excuse. No, just get up. The wonders. The wonders of Jesus. He says to a man, get up. Get up. The religion, the stuff, the pool, you don't need that. You just need me. You just need me. And he said yes to it. And that man was an example for all of us to read. You want to be an example for the rest of your life? For the legacy that God has for you? What kind of legacy do you want? What do you want to leave? We have one shot at this life. If somebody's come back for a second time, don't tell me. That will freak me out. One shot. What legacy do you want to leave? Bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, thank you. Sometimes I don't have words to to say to articulate how much I'm grateful for who you are. Jesus, for your cross, for your empty tomb, for your power, for your grace, for your mercy that pursues each and every day a sinner like me and says, Get up. I got more in store for you i got greater plans for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you that you're just not my God, but you're each and every person in this room's God. And Father, tonight I pray that anybody that doesn't know you, maybe they've been making excuses for far too long. I pray tonight they run out of them. I pray tonight that your love breaks in, captivates, tells them how much you love them, And the excuses and the pain and the sorrow, all that just is released in Jesus' name. And so for that one that doesn't know you, the one that doesn't know who you are and how much you love them, tonight, God, I pray that you draw them home, that you draw them home. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's some people here tonight. I really believe it. Even in this small room, there's somebody in here that just says, you know what, I need to let go. And I'm going to let him get me up. I'm going to let him pick me up. If you're in this room, that voice is speaking to your heart and to your mind, saying, hey, you know what? I love you, my child. I love you so much. It's time to go. It's time to get up. It's time to pick up that mat. If you're in, that, in this room tonight and you want to be a part of that, you want to have that, on the count of three, it's simple. We do this every week. I just want you to slip your hand up. We're going to stand in agreement with heaven that this day moving forward, you're going to get up with Jesus, and you're going to walk with him, and you're not going to go back, so one, he loves you, two, he's for you, three, he cares for you, slip your hand up, if you just say, no more, no more going back to my mat, amen, anybody else, anybody else just want to leave that mat, leave the bed, leave the sin, leave the sorrow, pain, anybody else, amen, hands are going up, keep them up, keep them up, Don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about who's around. No one's looking. This is an agreement with you in heaven tonight. If you slipped your hand up, actually, everybody, repeat this after me. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my King. You're my healer. I receive you tonight. I'm sorry. I have no more excuses. I lay them aside. I choose to follow you. So have your way in my life. Watch over. Protect. Guide me. Give me your Holy Spirit tonight so that I can follow you all the days of my life. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, tonight I thank you for each and every person that slipped their hand up, oh God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are their king. You are their ruler. You are their healer, oh God. There is no one above you, Jesus, There is no more rival. There is no more equal to your name, God. No excuses, no pain, no sorrow can separate us from your love. So, God, tonight we praise your name. We lift up praises to your name, oh, God. We exalt your name. We exalt your name in this place tonight. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing that song.